What's the saying? When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Well, when the scriptures give you stories of animals, you get some animal stories today, okay? I hope they make sense. Um, my family came from Kansas, uh, well, from Germany and Austria originally, but my parents grew up in Kansas, and one brother was born there, and the rest of us out here in California. When I was 14, I went back to Kansas for the first time with my parents, and I met all these many cousins I had. Both my parents had 13 brothers and sisters. And um, I experienced for the first time farm life directly. Now, there's a word vicarious. It's a $2.50 word. And it's how we learn most things vicariously. We read books or we watch uh, movies, programs, and, and we learn, we get information in our head and we see, but uh, we didn't actually experience it. We didn't do it. So vicariously, we experienced this as if we actually had done it. But I got to not have a vicarious idea of the animals and the farmlands. I got to see it and walk through it and, and help cut the grain. And, and I remember milking the cow and having the cow smash me in the face with its tail. And, and, um, and the best yet, after we got the milk and my aunt was separating the cream, uh, they took out a big container of milk to feed it to the pigs. And I learned why pigs are called pigs. Um, there was a big trough there, and uh, they poured the milk into this trough for the pigs to come and drink it, which they did really fast. But the trough was big and long, you know. They could have all fit around the trough if they just had followed my directions, you know. Come on, pigs, get over here. But no, they all fought for this corner. And they were jumping on top of each other. One fell into the trough and brought all the dirt and mud, and the milk was muddy, and they're drinking it. And all I could think of, you pigs. They, they were just piggish. So that was some of my experience. I... Um, remember saying to one of my cousins something that I had read previous to going back there. And I read that, um, that sheep are different from cattle in that they both will go out into the pasture and eat the, the weeds and stuff growing there, but the cattle will mow it down close to the ground, but the sheep will actually pull out the roots and destroy it as they eat it. So uh, I said this to my cousin. I guess I was trying to show off that I knew something about sheep. And uh, in typical, well, both the Likers and the Gashlers, they were very sarcastic and uh, had, uh, they were smart Alex, and I inherited the same. So uh, my cousin Ricky said, oh, thank you, Cousin Perry from California. Thank you for teaching us about the sheep, because I didn't know this about sheep. Now I know, and we got to be careful of what the sheep eat. And I felt about this small, but he made his point, and and I realized that I really didn't know anything. I mean, I knew what I read. But furthermore, I, I saw this program that really fascinated me, and I think it makes a connection for me with these scriptures. Apparently, in the life of many animals, there's this bonding moment. Uh, and the moment is not just a minute or so. I, I guess it probably takes some days where they bond with the mommy so closely that they follow the mommy everywhere. She, she just guides them. And um, I was watching this little program, and there were these, uh, I think they were chickens, uh, as I recall, seven or eight of them, little baby chicks. 
And uh, something happened to the mommy hen, uh, got eaten or whatever. Um, and the dog on that farm happened to go by the chicks and they attached to the mommy dog. They started to follow the mommy as they would the, the, the mother hen. And it's so funny, the dog's walking and all these little chickies are walking like this, following another straight line. Uh, I didn't know that about them, but, but there's this need to bond and to follow. But it is so uh, much a part of who they are as these little chicks, it's not like they intentionally say, well, we should wake up and follow mommy dog today. It just happens. And I think that, for me, m makes the connection with the scriptures today. Faith isn't something that should just happen. We're unaware. We come to Mass because it's Sunday. We receive communion because it's communion time. We do these things because, well, that's what we do. We should be asking the question to everything, why? Why do we do that? Why do we say that? Why is this important? Because I think faith is a very intentional thing that we, we hear, we listen, we take it in, and then as it begins to call us, we respond. Um, Jesus was like that. And these scriptures are like that today. The first reading tells us about Peter, and he had been in the town, and he and John had been arrested, and, and he kept going out to preach to the people. And today he gets right in their face. He says, this Jesus the Christ, he's the Christ the Lord, and look, you crucified him. You put him on a tree. And for whatever reason in this confrontation, they responded, well, what should we do? And Peter's response was, you must repent and be baptized. And after you're baptized, the Lord will come upon you and pour out his spirit, and you'll be filled with the spirit of God. But you need to respond. You need to respond. Similarly, in the second reading, uh, Peter is addressing the Christian community, and he tells them that they're going to struggle and suffer. But he says the model for you of how you are to do that is look at him on the cross. They insulted him, he didn't insult them back. They, they, they hurt him, they, they were killing him, and he didn't respond and, and, and turn against them. In fact, he handed himself over willing to God. And in Matthew's uh, passion, we hear the words, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Now, Jesus says in the gospel today, seizing this image of the shepherd and the shepherd gate, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the gate. In other words, when I bring the sheep in from the pasture, they pass through the gate, they pass through me into this protected area where they won't be eaten by wolves. And then in the morning, I lead them out and they follow me because they recognize my voice. I call them by name and they hear me and they, they follow me. Maybe like those chicks. They, they understand and they take my words into them. And this is the image, metaphor perhaps, the image of what we're supposed to do, he says. I ask you to listen to me, to open your heart and hear. Now, when we do that, we have the, the chance, the opportunity to become very intentional Christians. So, for example, when we look at the cross, it, it doesn't make great sense what he says on some level. I mean, we learn to protect ourselves. We, we learn to get back and 
fight for things, and, and there is a place for that. But we need to be very careful what happens in our soul. I mean, that most interior part of us. Because if somebody hates me and then I hate back, I'm just the same as they are. If somebody hurts me and I hurt them back, or maybe double up on it, I'm just the same as they are. And they manage to infiltrate me with their filth. And Jesus is saying there is another way. There's another way. Forgiving and blessing instead of cursing and paying back in vengeance. There's another way. Jesus invites us, I think, and, and it's, it's very interesting in this season of Easter because we have these 50 days from Easter, the resurrection, to Pentecost, the pouring out of the Spirit. And for the first three weeks, we've heard stories of the apparitions of Jesus, his appearing after the resurrection, and the disciples and the women um, discovering him, now alive. If we jump to Pentecost, it's the day that the Spirit comes upon the early church and it's prepared uh, before on Ascension Thursday, which we celebrate, calling it Ascension Sunday, because the church in the United States really wants people to get this feast. Because on this feast, Jesus says, I got to leave if you're going to receive my Spirit. I have to leave and then send my Spirit upon you. And then we get these two Sundays, this week and next week. And this week, Jesus uses this image. I'm the sheep gate. I'm the shepherd. Follow me. Hear my voice. Recognize my voice. When I speak, listen. Take it in. Absorb it. Why, Lord? Why, Lord? Why? And discover its truth. And then in response to this Sunday, next Sunday, we have the story of Jesus preparing that he had to leave. And he says, I'm going to leave. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I go, I will come back sometime and I'll take you there with me. And then Thomas, the doubter, this is a spoiler alert, but this is what he'll say next week. Uh, Lord, how can we know where, uh, how can, we don't know where you're going. How can we know how to get there, know the way? And you know, Jesus will say next week, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that when we hear that, if our response is, Lord, and I want to follow, Lord, where is it that you're going? Where are you taking me in this? Now, in my opinion, um, I think the place that becomes perhaps most important is that place of the cross. And the cross takes a whole bunch of forms in our life. We're misunderstood, we're judged, we're condemned, we're put down, we're ridiculed. Uh, somebody rejects us, uh, angers us, hurts us deeply. And whenever that stuff happens to us, there's some automatic reactions that take place. Uh, I guess they're called uh, defenses, where we get hurt or people do something to us that leaves us in an ugly place, and we tend to respond by defend and attack. It just is kind of a normal response. But I believe that Jesus wants to come right to that spot. He wants to go right up on that cross and our cross and lead us to call us by name to maybe discover a different place. And this is the place, I think, where the, 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 the earth is so fruitful to receive the seed of his word 
and for something new to grow there. And we can discover, and maybe it's not all the time, it's probably ne never perfectly, but we can discover a new way, a different way, a way truly of love and forgiveness. And there's a lot of fruitfulness that comes out of that space. But it doesn't just happen. I really believe it has to be intentional. We must want it. We must seek it. We must reflect upon it, look at that cross, study that cross, and listen to those words and say, Lord, how'd you do that? Why would you do that? Uh, how can I do that? Because when we begin to seek and want and look and listen in that way, that's when I believe we have the opportunity to receive that life, but not only us, but for that life to come to us and come through us and be a gift of life to others.